The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, brother. And thank you, OPCC, for letting me be here this morning. Good morning. Greetings to all of you. Salam bahamashimo, sub bahar is what we would say in Afghanistan. God's peace to you. Good morning. Salam as birdar, wahohari shimoas, Afghanistan. Greetings from brothers and sisters who love Jesus uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, as Pastor Jimmy said, my name is John, and uh, I just want to share a little bit about my story this morning and try to encourage us uh, in the Word. Is that okay? Amen. Sorry my family's not here, and sorry I don't have any pictures, uh, but I am married uh, to my lovely wife, Jean. We actually met in Afghanistan, and we got married in Afghanistan, and we were raising four children there, uh, and then the Lord sent us home for an extended Longer break, unexpected, and we've ad- added uh, an oki. So our youngest son, uh, his name's Judah, and he's a real, he's a real oki. And uh, he's, he's the only one who hasn't been to Afghanistan yet. And so, um, uh, but greetings from my family, but sorry, you just have the beast this morning. No beauty uh, of, my, of my wife and, uh, and, and our children. But uh, it's a joy to be with you uh, this morning. Um, I want to just tell you a couple of quick stories, and then I'll illustrate some uh, something that's been very impactful for us. 18 years ago, I was in Afghanistan, and I know you're wondering, how in the world did you get to Afghanistan? Uh, well, does anyone know the capital of Afghanistan? Anybody? Who said that? Okay. You, would Jimmy, would you give... Uh, here? So if you'd like to know about my story, there you go. Yeah, Kabul or Kabul is the capital of Afghanistan. And uh, so if you're wondering, well, how in the world did you get to Afghanistan? Well, the short story is I went to Afghanistan to meet my wife. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the, that's the no, no, that's not really the real reason why I went to Afghanistan. Does anybody know a country that borders Afghanistan? Okay, Pakistan, who said that? All right. Take it back there to who answered that. Danny Preston, I can't see back there to see. So uh, anyway, it's more blessed to give than receive, right? So I'm just giving away some books because I don't have time to tell you my whole story. And um, so 18 years ago, I was in Afghanistan. And if you've been to that part of the world, uh, the houses are flat roof houses. And there's a lot of cultures around the world where, where houses are built that way. But in Afghanistan, they're flat roof houses. And so in the evening, I would go up on top of the roof. Because where I lived, I lived with Afghans. I was the only American that was there at that particular time in that particular area. And in that part of the world, the culture is, it's a community culture. It's group culture. So very seldom could you have time to be alone. Uh, long story short, I'd go on a prayer walk, and within minutes, people would be, you know, be around me. You know, I'd try to go into a, you know, to a room that I'm sharing with other Afghans to have my little quiet time, and they'd be wondering, what, what's wrong? Are you okay? Is everything okay? And so, uh, anyway, I don't have time to go into all that. But I would sometimes go up on the roof to kind of have a moment uh, to, to breathe and to escape the pressure and, and all the, uh, the, 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 over, the, the work that was around us. Uh, but I also would go up on the roof to pray and to ask for God's mercy because just right over there, was the Taliban. The front line was right exactly where I lived. And we were serving families that had been displaced by the tyranny of the Taliban. And I often would go up on the roof and I would pray, asking for God's mercy, asking for his kingdom to come uh, to Afghanistan. 
and uh, that the knowledge of Jesus would come there. Anyway, long story short, one day or one night I was up there, and just being very real with you, I was very discouraged. Uh, I was really wanting to give up. It was a desperate situation that we were in, not just in a humanitarian side, trying to help these Afghan families, but the spiritual darkness and the oppression of Islam and the civil war that was going on in our, uh, in our backyard, basically. And I was just standing there just kind of overwhelmed because I'm seeing all the, the flashes, and it's not the flashes from the, uh, you know, from the, I hope you understand what kind of flashes I was watching, yeah? It was a war that was going on. And uh, it wasn't the lights and the sands on the Sunday morning, you know, type of stuff, the bells and whistles type thing. Anyway, and I'm standing there, and it was as if the Lord told me to look up. 10 o'clock at night, and I look up. If you've ever been to that part of the world, there's no street lights. You know, there's very little that, uh, that uh, takes away from the beauty of the, the night light uh, that God has made, and the heavens declare the glory. What do you think I saw? I saw star after star after star after star after star. And what do you think the Lord said to me? What did God promise our father Abraham? His descendants would be like the stars in the sky that no one could number. And we're them. We're the descendants of Abraham. We're the seed of Abraham in Christ. Amen? And God reminded me that his promises would be fulfilled in Afghanistan. What did he promise our father Abraham? That through you I will bless all the families of the earth. That through you all the nations will be blessed. God promised that to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's why we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because God promised them that through their seed, he would bless all the families of the earth. Amen? And God reminded me that as surely as he lives, he will fill the whole earth with his glory and the knowledge of him as the waters cover the seas. And that also includes, where was I living? Afghanistan also includes uh, Afghanistan. And, uh, and, and just other promises came to mind where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. If Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, guess what's going to happen one day? There's going to be disciples of all nations. And that includes Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, any nation you want to, uh, you want to put in the, in, in, in the category. And then I became overwhelmed with the picture of heaven, and Corey led us in some songs that kind of reflect that. What is heaven a picture of when we get there? What are we going to be saying? Worthy is the lamb that was slain, who by his blood has redeemed us from a few people in America. Is that what it says? Us mostly white people here this morning. Caucasian background. Is that what it says? No. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. He's redeemed us by his blood from where? Every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue. And I was overwhelmed with this promise that, yes, when we get to heaven, there will be disciples. There will be the bride of Christ. There will be fellow brothers and sisters redeemed from every language group, every people group, even Al-Qaeda, even the Taliban, even the Afghan people that I was living among and serving and trying to share the love of Jesus uh, with. And uh, so I don't know where, 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 where you're at in, in, in your journey with, with Christ, but uh, I hope you have some of those rooftop experiences. I know you don't have a flat roof, but hopefully you can find a place where you can steal away from time to time and be still and know the Lord is God, that he will be exalted among all the nations. Amen? Now let's jump ahead a year, 17 years ago. Does anybody know where you were 17 years ago? 
September the 9th, 2001. Does anybody remember September the 9th, 2001? Now, I remember September the 9th, 2001 very vividly because in my little neighborhood, there was a terrorist attack. September the 9th, 2001, two Arab journalists came into our area disguised as journalists, but they were really terrorists, and they wanted an interview with the main general who was fighting against the Taliban. They got an interview with him, long story short, because he thought if he had an interview, it'd be another way he could get the message to the world that Al-Qaeda and the Taliban are trying to take care of, take control of Afghanistan and someone needs to help. Well, within instants, as they were interviewing him, they snapped cameras and they blew the place up. They were all instantly killed. His translator, who was an English student of ours, who was a seeker of, 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 of spiritual things, was killed in that, that attack on September the 9th, 2000. One. Now let's jump ahead two days. September 11, 2001. Does everybody remember where you were if you were old enough? Now, where was I? Okay, who didn't get a book? There you go. Okay, okay. Let's pass out another book. Because some of you are still wondering, how in the world did you get to Afghanistan? Well, I don't have time to tell you all the story because the clock doesn't stop here. In Afghanistan, we don't wear watches. We don't worry about clocks. Uh, it's all about the event. It's not about the time. And uh, so... Yes, on September 11, 2001, I was, in, I was in Afghanistan. And those of you who are alive, you remember where you, where you were. And, um, and all of you now who are old enough to remember that, even our children that, that, that are young, we're trying to help them understand the significance of that day. It rocked all of our world, right? Uh, it put Afghanistan on our map, whether we wanted it to be on our map or not. It exposed us to Muslims, followers of the religion Islam, whether we wanted that to happen or not. Are you with me? Now, let me just remind you, brothers and sisters, all Muslims, they're not all terrorists, okay? Uh, some of my best friends uh, are Muslims. I've had my life, per I don't have time to tell you all the stories, but it's in the book. Uh, I've had my life saved many times by Muslims in Afghanistan. And uh, so I just want to say from my heart to your heart as a fellow follower of Jesus to other fellow followers of Jesus, they're not all our enemies. They're not all out to get us. Uh, they're not all terrorists. And in fact, let me remind you that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created mankind in what? In his own image. Every person on planet earth that's ever lived, that's living now, will ever live, is created in the image of God. And God has set eternity in their hearts. God's heart for them is that they would know him. Amen? And so just a reminder that God has created them in his, in his own image. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen? So God loves Muslims. He loves Hindus. He loves Buddhists. He loves all the ethnicities that he's allowed to now scatter and, and now migrate and locate in this area here. Uh, where, you, where you live. He knows them. He set the times and the seasons that they would seek after him. He's not far from any of us because in him we live and move and have our being. So I hope your response is not like Pastor Jimmy's confession, but it's a real confession. We were talking about that this morning. There were times in my life I would have felt the same way had I saw someone uh, that was from a Muslim background in a different context. But now I can stand before you and say, that some of my best friends are Muslims, and some of the most encouraging news now in church history at this particular time where we're alive is that Muslims 
are becoming followers of Jesus every day. Now, I'm not saying that means here in your area of Kansas slash Kansas City, but around the world globally, every day, there are Muslims who become followers of Jesus. I don't like to make promises. We sing about God's promises. They're all yes and amen. I don't like to make promises. I can't keep all my promises, right? Uh, and none of you can keep all your promises, <laughs> right? Uh, but I promise you, before you go to sleep tonight, there will be a Muslim somewhere on planet Earth that will confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Spirit of God is moving through the Muslim world, and the Muslims are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ every day. You say, well, John, how in the world is that possible? Because of all these images that we think of towards Muslims. How in the world can that be? And so we're going to do a little old school here. We're going to do a little old school, and I want to try to illustrate how we're seeing Muslims come to Christ every day in hopes that it will encourage you that it's happening. And second, you'll see, wow, that kind of makes sense. Maybe some of that's even similar to your own journey of how God's brought you out of darkness into the kingdom of light. And then maybe you might also see, wow, I could see how I can be involved in this process of seeing maybe my old family members or my neighbors or others in my community or maybe even people from other nations that God's now brought here in this area come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that okay? Everybody good with that? So, so here's my friend. We'll call him Aziz. Uh, Aziz means beloved in Arabic. We'll call him Aziz. And uh, now, why is Aziz going to become a follower of Jesus? Well, normally when I do this, it takes a long time. I'm going to try to smash it in a little, a, little, a little presentation. And I want you to imagine for just a moment that we've filled this place up with people from around the world who grew up as Muslims, but now they're followers of Jesus. Are you with me? And then we were to ask them, tell us how you became a follower of Jesus. Well, we would have to have a lot of tea and a lot of pistachios and almonds and things like that and have a lot of time to sit down and to listen to their stories because they're not going to say things like this. In 1984, I was 14 years old and a fellow ninth grade uh, student in my biology class invited me to a Billy Graham crusade and I went there and I heard John 3:16 and I prayed to receive Christ as my savior. Now, how long did it take me to tell you that? Less than 30 seconds. Yeah? But for Muslims who are now followers of Jesus, they don't think that way. They're thinking like this, and more like this, and more like this, and more. Where we as Westerners, we're thinking like this, little points in time. And we can tell you, I could ask you a dozen of questions, and most of them you could answer within 30 seconds because you're thinking in points of time. Are you tracking with me? So imagine now you're meeting with a Muslim who's a follower of Jesus, and you asked, tell me how you became a follower of Jesus and they're going to tell you a story. Are you with me? Call it a testimony. You have a, all of us have a testimony. And if you think about your own testimony, it's not just the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There are other things that God was doing to get you to Jesus. Are you with me? But we, just, we think more like microwave. Yeah? They think more like pressure cooker. Long, slow cooker. Are you with me? And it's okay. We can learn from each other. Yeah? So that's what we're going we're gonna to try to imagine this now, that we, we have hundreds of followers of Jesus from a Muslim background, we're listening to their stories and we're finding some common denominators. Are you with me? Just like for us, we would find some common denominators. Billy Graham Crusade, Vacation Bible School, 
grandmother who read the Bible to me, or are you with me? We would find some common things, coming to church or youth group, or are you, are you, are you with me? So here's some common denominators uh, for, uh, for them. And guess where it starts? If we had 200 testimonies, we would hear 200 of them tell about the power of the lifestyle of a Christian. The biblical word we would use if we had time to talk about this and had time to look at the scriptures, which we don't. Hopefully you know the scriptures. Hopefully you've all read the scriptures, haven't you? Jesus says we are the salt of the earth. Jesus says we are the light of the world. So our experience is when Muslims taste the salt, which is God's presence in us. Are you with me? The fruit of the Spirit. When they see the light of Christ shining through us, the presence of God in and through us, they become very, very curious. They begin asking questions. These strongholds begin to fall down. These barriers begin to to break down, and they become very, very curious when they taste the salt of our life, when they see the light of Christ shining through us. So in other words, we mean lifestyle. Not having a Jesus bumper sticker, not wearing a cross, you know, not wearing an I love Jesus t-shirt. That's beautiful. That's okay. That's not bad, but that's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Are you with me? We're talking about someone who's poor in spirit. We're talking about someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, someone who's pure in heart, someone who's even being willing to suffer for following Jesus. When they see that type of lifestyle that Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 5, I promise you they become very, very interested. Are you with me? Even so much, when we were in Afghanistan one time, uh, we, had a, we had a guard dog because of this big uh, 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 compound that we had that stored a lot of supplies that we gave out to uh, refugee families, and they even saw how we treated the guard dog. I don't like dogs, personally. We don't have pets in our family because we don't have time to keep up with them, and I'm not, nothing against if you have one or not, but just to show you how they were watching our lives, we're like in a fishbowl. Maybe you've heard this. We might be the only Bible some people will ever see. Sometimes we might be the only Bible some people would ever read. The point is, are we uh, living in a way that exemplifies the presence of God in our lives? Are you with me? A lifestyle, salt, and light. Everybody good with that? I would ask, entertain questions, but we don't have time to, 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 to do all that. So the next thing is the power of God's word. Now, how in the world is God's word getting out to Muslims these days? Well, well, it's being translated in languages that it wasn't uh, before. It's being broadcast through the internet, radios, satellite TV, uh, even, even people who are now followers of Jesus, Muslims that are scattered all over the world. They're contacting their family and friends back in their home country. The point is, to illustrate what Jesus said, the farmer went out and what? Sowed the seed, scattered the seed. And the seed now, the seed of God, the word of God, the gospel, it's the power of God, it's now spreading and being scattered throughout the Muslim world in multiple languages. So the power of God's word. What does that look like practically? It could look like you've befriended your Muslim neighbor and you're sharing with them your testimony. Are you with me? You say, well, John, how in the world could I do that? Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Can you say this with me? Salam. Let's say it again. Salam. Let, 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 let's say this. Just do another language. Sorry, because some of you already got lost with me. Let's say shalom. 
Okay, now please be real. Do any of you have a problem saying shalom? Why? Because it means peace in Hebrew. Why do you have a problem saying salam? It means peace in Arabic. It's the same thing. Not salami, pastrami, but salam. Okay? Salam. Uh, it's not, it's, it, just by you saying salam doesn't mean you're going to become a Muslim. You know what I'm saying? doesn't mean you're denying Jesus, okay? Uh, just like me wearing these clothes doesn't mean that I'm a Muslim now and I've denied Jesus, okay? Uh, the best way you can build a friendship or a relationship with your Muslim neighbor, and you have them, and uh, I don't like to make promises, but I promise you before Jesus comes back, guess what? You're going to have a few more. Uh, you can't stop them. There's no way we can legislate against this. Part of it actually is God's heart for it to happen, but I don't have time to go into all that. Missions exist because worship doesn't. The reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet is because there aren't worshipers from every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue. And when there are worshipers from every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue, guess what? Jesus is going to come back. Just between us, if King Jesus, who has all the authority in heaven and earth, if he wants to scatter people from one country to another, guess what? He, he can do that. We're not in control. And all due respect for our current president, he's not in control. He does not control the universe, nor does any government. Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and earth. And if he wants there to be disciples of all the nations and therefore he allows things to happen, good, bad, right, or wrong, to fulfill his purposes, to have disciples, to have a bride from every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue, just between us, I'm okay with that. Even if that means they come into our country. Because guess what? This isn't our country. The earth is the Lord is in the fullness thereof. God, for, what's the song? He's got the whole world. This is God's world. God made this place, okay? Uh, and guess what? We're all refugees. We're all immigrants. We're all strangers and pilgrims. This world's not our home. Uh, if, if you think this world's your home, guess what? You're not really a father of Jesus. Heaven's your home. Your citizenship is in heaven. If you're living for this world, that means you're not living for the world to come, which is your eternal home. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little preachy. You're not, you didn't ask me to come preach here. So, so the, the point is, we're trying to get God's word to them. And engaging them in just a friendly conversation could start with salam. You say, well, where would I go with there? After, what, you, how are you? Where are you from? Tell me about this. You just ask questions like you would, like you would try to get to know anybody else. And guess what happens when you have this lifestyle of salt and light and love and you're sharing God's word and you're asking questions? Guess what comes back? They ask questions back. What does the Bible say? Always to be ready to give an answer to those who ask you of the hope that you have uh, in Christ. Um, anyway, I, I, we're going to run out of time. God's word. Uh, and if you want more resources, um, uh, jesusfilm.org is a Jesus video from the Gospel of Luke. It's in 1,800 languages. Uh, and there's probably not anybody you could, you, you, you could go 100 miles in your radius here, and, and I could almost promise you you're not going to meet someone who's from another country who speaks a language that's not in that list of 1,800 languages that Jesus Film's already available in. The Bible is probably already translated in most of the languages all of them would speak. We can give you access to that if you'd like to, to have that to, uh, to share with them. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself here, yeah? So the, 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 the next thing is prayer. Now, what might this look like? There are testimonies of Muslims who have gone to Hajj, which is where you go to Mecca, which is probably the man you saw if he was wearing white. Uh, he probably was a Haji, someone who's gone to, uh, to, to Mecca. And there are testimonies of Muslims 
they themselves praying out to God, and God reveals himself to them in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they come to faith. There are stories where we've been asked to pray for Muslims, and we say, yes, we'll pray for you, but, but you know that we believe in Jesus. He's alive in heaven. We're going to pray for you in Jesus' name, and guess what happens? Jesus shows up. He answers the prayer, and guess what happens? They, they become uh, believers. Also, the prayer is mobilizing people like you or churches around the world to pray for the Muslim world. The point is, because Muslims are crying out to God, wanting to know the one true creator God, he's revealing himself to them. And because people like us are praying with and for them, God's at work in their lives. And because people like you are praying for the Muslim world like never before, God's at work among the Muslim world. So the next time you, I forgot the street, so you have to forgive me, Jimmy. I didn't do so well, but you did take me there. So next time you go on the street and you see Islamic Center, Johnson County, what should you do? Pray. Lord, let your light shine there, which we did that this morning. Let your light shine there. Let your people have opportunities to befriend those Muslims and share the gospel with them. Amen? Wouldn't that be God's heart? He's not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. So prayer is very, very important. You say, well, John, how, what, what, how might that look? Well, back to your Muslim friend. You've said salam. You've said, how are you? They've said something about, and this, is, this happens a lot. Oh, well, you know, I'm from Iraq, and there's a fighting. There's a war going in Iraq. Guess what you could do? Aziz, thanks for sharing that. Could I pray for you and pray for your family back in Iraq? Guess what? I've ne- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I've never had a Muslim tell me, no, please don't pray for me, because they believe in prayer. Actually, only once out of a hundred times have I had a Muslim say, no, I don't want the Bible. But I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories where when you ask, would you like to read the holy book? Well, first you would say, do you have a holy book? Have you ever read it? And many of them say, no. Then you say, well, would you like to read it if you had one? And guess what they say? Yes, I've only had one out of hundreds. They say, no, that's your book. I don't need it. And that was a guy that was cutting my hair in Kabul, and I didn't argue with him because he had a razor blade in his hand, so... Uh, so uh, anyway, the, 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 the power of our lives, the power of Christ in us, yeah, hope, the hope of glory, the power of God's word, the power of, of prayer. Are, 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 are everybody still good? Everybody still good? Uh, now, I don't know how to spell this because my English is not so great. Dissatis, how do you spell satisfaction? I-S-F, thank you very much. So one of these key things is a dissatisfaction with Islam. And we're going to run out of time, but I'll I'll, I'll wrap all this up. You say, well, John, what do you mean? Well, just like in your journey coming to Christ, you felt God's conviction, you realized you were hopeless, you realized you were lost, you realized you you need Jesus. Are you tracking? I hope that you, you you understand what I'm trying to say. There are millions, literally millions of Muslims around the world that feel the same dissatisfaction with Islam because there's no forgiveness. There's no peace. They don't know they're going to go to heaven. They don't know their sins are forgiven. Are you with me? And it very well could be there are Muslims a stone's throw from where you live or where you work that in their heart, they're longing for someone to tell them the good news because they're so dissatisfied, they're so disgusted, they're so disillusioned. I've had many, hundreds of Muslims tell me, John, if that's what Islam is, all the fighting and all the hypocrisy and all the bloodshed, if that's what Islam is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Disillusioned, dissatisfied. Perfect opportunity then to speak into their lives and share God's love with them. Are you with me? Now, another amazing phenomenon 
is the dreams and visions. So one of our favorite, uh, one, of, one of our brothers in Afghanistan, we call him MP3. He went through the same process. He met some believers. It perked his interest. They tried to give him the word of God, but he's illiterate. He can't read. So they tried to give him the Bible, but it really wasn't going to work for him. Are you with me? But they did give him a verbal witness. And people, there was prayer going on in his life and for him. Are you with me? And he's completely dissatisfied, completely disillusioned. And now he's in the desert between Pakistan, Iran, and Afghanistan. That southern part is the desert. And he is walking through the desert trying to get out of one country in hopes to get to a better one. But all three of them were in conflict. So he, anywhere he went, it wasn't going to be a whole lot better. But he's in the desert about to die. And Jesus comes to him and says, I am the bread of life. If you'll eat of me, you'll never be hungry again. Jesus says, Man, I'll be hayaturomebaksham. I can give you living water if you'll drink of me and believe in me. And his life was forever changed as Jesus revealed himself uh, to him. Now, the last thing, which just going to quickly try to bring all this together, is how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven. What's the essence of being a follower of Jesus? We are restored to right relationship with God who is our heavenly Father. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. God is in pursuit of his children. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. And now every day there are Muslims who are coming to God and calling him their father. What did Jesus say? No one can come to the Father who sent me unless he's got, they've got to be drawn. So how is God drawing Muslims to himself? It's not a magical process, but you see these things. You see these things in their testimony. Now look at my man Aziz. Look how close he already is to the cross. Why is he already close to the cross? Because God has created every one of us in his image. God is pursuing every person on planet earth because he's not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He has set eternity in our hearts. Our conscience testifies of God. All creation testifies of God. And he's longing for us to come to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But to do so, for all of us, it is a, it's a process. Are you with me? It's a process. So I want to encourage you this morning as a brother to pray into this process and to pray that more Muslims would come to Jesus in this type of a process. But let's pray personally, Lord, make me a witness. What did Jesus say? The Spirit of God would come upon you and you will be. You will be my witnesses. First, we have to be human beings. We have to be beings of witness, not just the wear my cross or come to church on Sunday or, you know, have my Jesus bumper sticker. You know what I'm saying? Jesus wants us to be with him, to, to be as him, to be like him, to be his witnesses. Are you with me? Actually, it's the word martyr. martyr actually, it's really to lay down our lives for, uh, for Jesus. But let's pray the word of God, and maybe you could pray, God, this week or this month or this year, who can I share with in my neighborhood or my community? Or maybe even a Muslim coworker, Or maybe God give me opportunities to uh, to interact with them. You see, you see what I'm trying to say? You see the process? So uh, can we just have that one slide and I'll speak to it for one minute and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to 
Any questions? I'm sorry, any questions so far? Everybody still with me? So, um, so, so, M- yeah, so MP3, he, uh, there's too many stories for him. So, M- so, yeah, so, so, so MP3 in this journey, now he ends up back in the town where I actually live. You can take a picture of that later. You can now. He ends up in the town uh, where I actually live. And, of course, I don't know this, but we know God's pursuing Muslims. We have a little house church at this time. We've seen a few men come to faith. They're starting to baptize themselves the Bible's being translated in some of the languages in that area, and some things are actually happening. Uh, but there's, there's a conflict still going on. And in our town, it was the German go- uh, government slash military that had like a little military base uh, in that place. MP3 gets a job there. He gets a job there, and he keeps seeing uh, a chaplain, which he doesn't know it's a chaplain, uh, but he's, he knows something's going on because the chaplain has a cross on his, uh, on his military uh, uniform. And so he's trying to find out how he can get a message to this chaplain uh, that he is a, uh, he's also a follower of Jesus. Long story short, there was a, there was a fellow uh, a worker on our team that would go occasionally and speak to the German chaplain because they were from similar uh, countries and spoke similar languages. And he would wear clothes like this because this is the clothes that you wear. The Bible says you become all things to all people, right? And so MP3 comes up to the man, starts uh, trying to talk to him in his own language, trying to tell him he's a follower of Jesus. And uh, the man says, well, you need to meet, meet my friend. So long story short, next thing I know, the next day, MP3 is in our, in our house, and he's telling me this story. And literally, it took him hours to tell us how he had become a follower of Jesus. Then we realize that he can't read or write. And I wish I had time to, to really go into all, how this, a lot of this has just transformed my whole view of discipleship, which illustrates uh, some things which I'll talk about me another day. When he told me he couldn't read or write, I'm thinking, well, how in the world am I going to disciple him and help him you know, become a disciple if he can't read and write? Long story short, he says to my wife, because you, you, speak, you speak indirectly in this culture, yeah? And um, so he speaks to my, my wife, who's coming in and out of the room serving tea, and he speaks to my wife and says, you tell Mr. John at that, at that military base, every day I see these soldiers and they have these things in their ears. And if they have these things in their ears, they must be listening to something. And he says, surely you can put that Bible that you want me to read on something that I can listen to it every day. Now, I don't like to make many promises, but I can promise you, don't be offended. Mr. MP3, he knows the Bible better than any one of us, sitting, better than any one of us in this room. That's myself included. Uh, because he has listened to it over and over and over and over and over. One day we were in a meeting. And, they, and I asked, could he come, a, a group of Afghans. And they're studying Matthew chapter 5 where it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall inherit the earth. And a big discussion starts about what in the world does it mean about inherit the earth. In Afghanistan, why would you want to inherit that earth that's kind of in a turmoil, yeah? And so MP3 politely says, can I say something? And he's never seen any of those verses that, they've, that they're talking about because he can't read and write. Are you with me? And he says, he says in Revelation chapter 23, well, there is no Revelation 23. He got the number wrong, yeah? He says in Revelation chapter 23, and he just, he quotes it from the, I saw a new heaven. I mean, literally. I mean, he quotes the whole chapter from word to word. He says, maybe that's what God meant. And uh, so, uh, uh, anyway, please be encouraged that every day Muslims are are, are coming to Christ and, um, this is another thing we use to illustrate how we're seeing 
what we would call multiplication of discipleship. Uh, so now among these, uh, these house church leaders, I'm not able to travel back there that often, but I, when I travel, I travel alone. But they all have a phone. Even MP3 has a phone. They all have a phone. And so every day we text back and forth. Here's some messages already. They text back and forth different verses and different prayers to encourage each other. Every week we have Zoom calls to, 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 for accountability and intentionality and to reinforce these principles of God's called us to pray and fast. That's where it all begins. Uh, and they, some of them fast on Wednesdays, some fast on Fridays, and some fast on Sundays. And then we talk about how we're to serve with purpose. There are people all around us that we can serve and engage in relationships in some way. And as we do that, we're looking for people who are open. We call them persons of peace. Not everybody's ready to hear the gospel. Jesus even said, don't cast your pearls among swine. Now, it doesn't mean we intentionally neglect people, but it just means not everybody's ready to hear the gospel. You find those who are asking questions. You find those who are spiritually open. We call them persons of peace. And then we invite them into the story of God. We tell them, can I share with you the story that's changed my life? Well, what's the story that's changed my life? It's the story of God. Where does it begin? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we invite them into what we call a discovery journey, where we go from creation to Christ. And then as they become followers of Jesus, and help their family and friends become followers of Jesus, then we help them to multiply house churches, and that's how we're seeing a disciple-making movement happen in one of the most unreached, dangerous places uh, in the world. Uh, I did bring a video. Maybe I'll just leave this with uh, Pastor Jimmy that illustrates this process. You might find it encouraging. It's very similar to the rhythms of discipleship you guys are already involved in here, uh, and I do have a few more books that I didn't get to, to give away, and so... Uh, Father, thank you that you love us so. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. And uh, we thank you that your love's not only for us. You're not only the atoning sacrifice for us, but for the sins of the whole world. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. And Lord, we long for the day that your name is made great and famous and worshiped among every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue. And Lord, I know here at OPCC they're about making disciples, but Lord, I pray that would you take them on a journey of what that might look like to make disciples of all nations, uh, especially the ethnicities that are uh, around them here that you've uh, brought here in your sovereignty, that they also can be discipled. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless them and keep them and cause your face to shine upon them and continually make your ways known through them, that your salvation would spread to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.